1: Hello and welcome to the eSports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing eSports sponsorship. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. So all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Justin Stefanovich. Justin is the Senior Vice President of Partnerships for eSports organization Misfits Gaming, which encompasses Misfits Gaming and its Overwatch League franchise, Florida Mayhem, and its Call of Duty League team, Florida Mutineers. Prior to working with Misfits Gaming, he worked at PlayWire in various roles, where he worked with movie studios, film distributors, and advertising agencies to develop online advertising campaigns. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. So to start, you know, tell us about your past esports and gaming <laughs> experience. What was the first game you played, and how did you get involved in the esports business?
2: Wow. All right. I guess um, man, first game I played. I'm I'm kind of I'm a little bit on the older side these days, and um, I was a big gamer growing up. Um, you know, I liked all the typical classics and Zelda and Super Mario Brothers and stuff. But um, I was talking to a friend the other day. I remember like Revenge of Shinobi was just a fun, such a fun game I played growing up, and I actually beat it once. So I'd have to say that was probably like my favorite game that really got me into like gaming more versus my first game I ever played. So um, discuss my past esports and gaming experience. So yeah, before esports, I was in the gaming industry on the advertising side of Playwire. Playwire was a company that specialized in online uh, display and video advertising. And we owned and operated a bunch of websites we ended up building a video player that worked really well in some unique environments online. And what I mean by that is if you've ever played a game on Steam or if you've ever launched Battlenet, you have you have a you have a client that you open. Well, our video player worked in that client in it back in the day when that wasn't common. So we ended up repping a lot of game publishers' inventory online. And it was my job to sell that inventory to brands trying to reach gamers. So Uh, so yeah, did that for a very long time, uh, 10 plus years, and then had a chance to move over to misfits with esports, and that was almost four years ago now. Um, and yeah, saw, saw kind of a shift where things were going and wanted to be in this space. Amazing.
1: So it's, it's interesting how you were able to kind of take working on this more advertising side and kind of come over to work with misfits gaming. Tell us a little about, you know, your role with them. What do you do and what's some of the stuff you're working on for the team?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, my role basically is SVP of partnerships of Misfits Gaming Group. I tend to specialize on more of our traditional esports assets, teams, um, content creators that fall under specific teams, and things like that, influencers. And my job really is to find brands that want to connect with our fans and our gaming audience and create uh, campaigns and partnerships that'll allow them to fulfill their initiatives in reaching those audiences. So um, I got a chance to come up with some really fun ideas, work with our marketing team on on how we can leverage and take advantage of certain things that we have going on um, and really put together an advertising program for our partners that helps them reach this hard-to-reach audience, really.
1: Amazing. So, you know, in the show, we previously looked at esports sponsorship from a brand side. So how does it kind of work from a team perspective? How do you determine which brands you target to work with and do do brands kind of pitch you to work with the team?
2: A little bit here and there. More often or not, we're reaching out to brands. There there are the occasional brands reach out to us. Um, I would say more of our bigger brands are the ones that we're going after. And then there have there have been some brands here and there that reach out and say, "Hey, we want to get involved somehow. What can we do?" Um, and and really, it's it's I guess we just look to see like what could be a good fit. Whether other what are other brands maybe that are competitors that might be in this space. If you see that like you know a lot of brands that compete for market share, are looking to see what other are, what each other are doing. So if we might see a brand in a space, we might go to their competitor and say, hey, these guys are in eSports, would love to talk to you and see what your eSports angle is. Do you have any initiatives in eSports or happy to just educate your team? You know, here's our background. Our our partnership team is very knowledgeable. Myself, my boss, uh, former counterpart, who's now my boss, Voss in the UK and my CRO, Lagan. We all have a really extensive background in partnerships and marketing and advertising. So we're able to walk brands through on what sort of value there is um, in reaching gamers. So um, you get a chance to do that. And, and really, I mean, any brand could be a fit as long as they're kind of thinking on like, Hey, I want to tap into this audience somehow. So uh, we definitely look at brands though, that have a lot of the same core pillars as us. We try to work with brands that fit our narrative a little bit. Um, So we kind of look for that too, but for the most part, uh, most brands are are fair game for
0: us.
1: Interesting, I think, you know, that you mentioned that not only would you maybe target a brand that just expanded into it, but a competitor of them and kind of be like, "Hey, Miller Lite, Bud Light just did this big activation with this team. Maybe you should get involved because they're kind of gaining market share. And I think that's kind of an interesting angle where it's not just, oh, hey, we see you're activating and it worked with us to a team that, you know, a brand that came in. You're looking at ones who are outside the space to almost let them know, hey, look, your competitors here. Why aren't you?
2: Yep. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of times, a lot of these brands are already doing that. And it's, we just provide another avenue for them to reach a certain audience. And what we like to explain to them like, if you're establishing a connection with the gaming audience now, it's going to pay dividends down the road in the future. A lot of the people they're targeting now, maybe they're 17, 18, 19, or 20, 21, whatever age they are. Uh, if you establish a sense of value and connection with that audience now, that when they are in their 27, 20, 29, 30, purchasing age, have purchasing power, have more disposable income, they're gonna work with the brands that there's an affinity with that they grew up seeing, uh, being around, you know, having a sense of they got me, that like that brand understands me type of type of approach you're going to be more likely as a consumer to work with those or spend with those brands than others. So I just try to tell brands that you don't want to miss out on opportunity to reach this very hard to reach audience. It's not like this 16 to 30 year old person is, um, you know, they have ad blockers forever. um, They don't have cable TV. They don't have magazine subscriptions. Like what a lot of these old ways to reaching their, audience wise doesn't work anymore for these marketers. Have to figure out different ways to reach them. So that's hopefully where we can come in and help guide them in making those decisions and and how to reach our audiences.
1: Absolutely. And I think that you know the buzzword that everyone talks about is authenticity. And I think that you kind of like touched on it where it's like these people, you know, the consumers have grown up with this brand. They get me. Like I want to go to HyperX over, you know, another brand because it's by gamers for gamers and they, you know, have all different games and such cool marketing and it's like, you know, them. And I think that, you know, that's probably one of the, you know, most interesting things about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, authenticity is also, you know, a buzzword. Clearly people want it. And I think that's just because a really great example is the backlash Valkyrie got for her, um, her reflect product that blue light, you know, saving cream versus when Addison Ray, they just rebranded it and stuck her on it. There wasn't much of a backlash. And that's because I think gamers are very savvy consumers. They're used to doing research online. Gamers find out a lot of information, gamers finding out leaks and when the game's coming out and who made what, and look at this skin here. And this trademark's published for this team there, this, they're going to have a team soon. Like they they they're, they're known to find those things out. So the gaming audience is very savvy. And I think if you're not authentic, they're going to find out really quick. And as you saw, you know, in that scenario, getting gamers on their, gamers getting on your bad side is not good for anyone. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you don't want to try to BS them, you know, to be honest and straightforward. And and not saying you shouldn't do that to all consumers. It's just you have to be extra careful with gamers. They're going to figure stuff out really quick. So, um, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I love this audience.
1: Right. They're going to call people out who are kind of coming, you know, not correctly or trying to, you know, pull a fast one with something. Yep, you know, exactly. So how does it usually work? Do the team generally aim for more long-term deals or short-term ones or is it a combination of both?
2: I mean, we would love for a bunch of long-term deals, but we'll kind of take – you know as they come there's some deals we have are one-off you know content programs or maybe it's a specific piece of content some deals that we have are a year long some are two some are five it just depends on how we work with that particular sponsor or a partner not every partner can just spend do a five-year deal um but it doesn't mean that that partner isn't valuable to us and that we don't appreciate working with them So we just got to figure out what's best for each one independently. Um, It's really how we approach it.
1: Interesting. So is there anything unique or any any barriers that exist when you're working on some of the teams in the franchise leagues? Like are there restricted categories? How does that work?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, there are restrictions. Um, We wish there weren't, but there's definitely categories and specific league guidelines and rules that we have to follow. Um, There's certain criteria or, uh, components that, um, that can be pulled away in the instance of even a brand having an open category, or I'm sorry, uh, the league having an open category, but a brand being in that category limits what we can do with that brand with the league, if that makes sense. So, um, there's all sorts of rules we have to follow and, and kind of play in the sandbox and play nice with everybody. So, um, yeah, it makes it a little harder.
1: Interesting. So like you'd have to maybe wear different jerseys if you have a sponsor that competes
2: or maybe more so like that sponsor can't be on the Jersey if the Mm -hmm. sponsor competes. So we've had to be creative and figure out ways to work together. and, And, the league, you know, the league tries to figure out ways that could maybe, uh, be best for everyone. It doesn't always, uh, not everyone always sees it the best way, but you know, they have their clients and advertisers too. So we all try to figure out the best way for everyone, and um, you know, more often than not, we can find some form of solution. But sometimes there's instances where it does hurt us in the end to to not be able to have our full suite of of advertising opportunities, um, you know, through the leagues when there's when there's uh, limitations to put on us. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. So tell us
1: about some recent partnerships and sponsorship. You know, who are some of the brands that you guys are working with?
2: Yeah. Um, well, one that means a lot to me. I've um, been working on with them for now three years is, is Zaxby's. They're a fun partner. Um, we love what they stand for. Family friendly, um, you know, sharing food, having everything. Here it's really having. good. What's that? Here it's really good. Yeah, I mean their their food's good. We we there's one not too far from us. We get it catered a lot of times when players are in, um, when we have like big meetings or media day stuff. That um, we just like what they they kind of stand for. Everyone gathering around, watching you know watching sports and esports to them is part of that experience with this audience. And they they sponsor some college football stuff, so we appreciate the. Um, the opportunity to get to work with them with this unique audience. And we've done a lot of fun stuff over the years. So I like that. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of our HyperX partnership. It's something that um, we, we wanted for a long time. They're a great partner. Um, I've known them for a long time, just being in the gaming world, uh, working with them on other media projects and trying to get them as a partner has been both myself and my counterpart boss in Europe's, you know, one of our call it check boxes we put on our list and we were able to get it this year. So that's exciting. Um, let's see. Uh, we have an announcement of a new partner coming out. That's really, really exciting for us that I can't say who, but it'll be announced soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we work with a lot of great partners, um, you know, across all the different teams and leagues. So really excited to, to get a chance to work with all of them.
1: Amazing. So when kind of, you know, working with different brand partners, what have you noticed that's kind of worked best in the past? Maybe some things that maybe didn't work and you kind of learned from it.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a tough question because every brand is sort of different initiatives and, and key performance indicators and what they expect from a return And to me, Zaxby's is one I called out because I know we've we've performed really well for them for their initiatives, and for them, it was gaining market share and awareness in the world of gaming. They'd kind of done a pretty good job of of starting to make headway in sports, um, especially in the college collegiate uh, audience, um, watching college football mainly. Um, And this was something that they saw the audience and said, "Okay, how do we how do we get more market penetration?" How do we get become more top of mind, relevant? And that's something that we've been able to do. And I think for us, we've tried lots of things that have worked. Some things haven't. Some things took off slow. We've stuck behind them and now they're doing better. I think every brand's unique. I think you kind of have to feel out from a partner's perspective. It's a partnership. So your goal is to work together to get the best possible results and You know, sometimes that might do one thing that might not be as good. Do we have to tweak it, make it different here, make it different there? Does it do better? Um, And then sometimes some of the initiatives don't need the biggest return. Sometimes it fits with a brand pillar for, um, for the partner. And they're like, hey, we're happy to support this either way. We think it means a lot to the community. We want to see this, you know, be a part of this regardless. And it just depends on really kind of where their head's at and how we can help define how we deliver those things um, to to meet what they're looking for. And I wish there was a more straight up answer, but that's really kind of the best way is just figuring out each one individually. Definitely.
1: I mean, I think that's, you know, kind of the idea of this stuff is something that you realize like every brand has different indicators of success, different goals, different platforms that they value, whether it's getting YouTube views or Instagram views or TikTok views, or some don't even want any of those. So it's, you know, kind of, as you're mentioning, it's kind of a tailored approach where each brand, each company is trying to do something different. So you have to kind of, you know, make it towards what they're looking for. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, in your experience, are there any minimum metrics or kind of level of notoriety needed for potential sponsorship or, you know, teams of all different sizes have the ability to work with most brands?
2: Well, I think certain brands that are at certain sizes or certain levels are looking for a certain kind of reach and penetration in market. It'd be tough to, now that's not to say that there haven't been small influencers or small programs that have come from big brands either. So I guess really it just depends on, you know, not every, not all the money comes from one part of the brand. I mean, big, especially big brands. If you look at like a Coca-Cola, let's say, or, or a big consumer uh, products products, brand, they have budget in media budget, content budget, influencer budget, partnership budget, events budget. So like there could be lots of different ways to work with that brand. Whereas smaller companies, you tend to have one overall marketing budget and it's really figuring out, okay, what are their really specific goals and needs? And is there something that I can provide to help meet or, or basically attain those for them or help them? Um, and that's where it comes down to really asking good questions, listening, and figuring out what they're trying to accomplish. And I mean that goes for any brand, but fortunately, some bigger brands you can be more direct and and kind of see, okay, oh, this is the activation team. Like, what sort of events are you looking to do, or what's your events budget? Whereas if you're talking to a smaller brand, their events budget's the same budget as their online digital display budget, their social social budget, their events budget. So you got to be really, you know, I guess attentive into like what they're trying to do and figure that out. So
1: definitely, I think that that's really, you know, a really good point there. And I think everyone really needs to understand that when you're, you know, working with different brands of different levels is the way a company might approach it is differently and being able to kind of tailor your approach to the right angle, where it's like, yeah, maybe you want them to be your team sponsor, but you can do a one-off event sponsored by the team, and maybe that fits within their event budget. And it's not necessarily a sponsorship budget. And, exactly,
2: like that's something I think we do a good job of. of our team having uh, myself and Voss and Ligan having and, and Adam and our team having doing done this a long time. We we understand that you know brands are all brands are different. Their budgets are set up differently. You got to figure, it's almost like you got to have to have a fact finding mission first. And once you kind of figure that stuff out, then you can provide an educated answer on how we can help you with our assets. So that's really all it really, that's the gist of it really. So figure that stuff out first, and then it's a lot easier to close later on.
1: Great. So I know that Misfits has kind of grown beyond just operating an esports organization. They including launched its own talent agency, the Misfit Agency. Tell us about that venture. Why was it formed and you know what makes it so unique?
2: Yeah. Um the Misfits Agency was something that we put together um really for for this. We rebranded to Unpause Media. It's gonna be more of a of a I don't know, call it a 360 approach to help brands. Um Working in esports. And then there will be a media representation component to it uh, down the road. But for starters, it's working with brands and really just guiding them in esports. A lot of brands tell us we know we need to be in esports, but we just don't know where to start or don't know what to do. Or, you know, there's so many different things you can do, which is great, but it's also gets a little kind of frightening when you're just getting involved in the gaming and esports, if the brand's never done it before. So we started on pause media on that side to really guide brands through. Uh, it's completely subsidiary or a completely separate um, to misfits gaming group and our teams. So we might work with a brand and suggest that they use completely different influencers than what we have to reach their KPIs and their budget and stuff. Um, sometimes maybe one of our influencers does make sense, uh, but sometimes they don't. Um, So our job is really to help that brand navigate into uh, the world of eSports and really hold their hand um, and make sure that they are, uh, you know, working in the right sort of framework in eSports. Only because, like I said, we have a very extensive expertise and a lot of people have been doing this for a pretty long time and understand the gaming audience and working with brands. So.
1: Interesting. So do you think this is gonna be a new trend that we'll see more teams kind of, you know?
2: Yeah, taking I think this a way? lot really have I mean a lot already have it. Um some have kind of merged and, and sold assets off and some have expanded on it and hired people there, but a lot of teams actually do have some form of of content creation agency helping brands sort of navigate esports um from a strategic role um than just the team themselves. So that already exists. Do you think this is positive for the esports
1: talent representation and just, you know, working with the talent themselves?
2: Um, talent-wise, I don't know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of great talent representation arms and I think teams are starting to realize that they have the means to work with talent more closely on stuff that might that might be outside of just with their team. And how do they help bring those deals and opportunities to the talent um, using their connections and their, and their current kind of um, market credibility. Um, you know, how do they bring those deals to influencers directly? I mean, a lot of teams already have deals that, yeah, that they, I want to say sell their influencer directly, but direct, but there's deliverables built in that they work directly with their influencers to fulfill and it's just something, OK, well, moving forward, if we represent a talent, let's say, or put it under not the team themselves, but this other agency, does it make sense to, OK, they're assigned to Misfits. But if it's something doesn't need to be Misfits branded, like it's not like we need to have this be a Misfits thing, can we still work with the, ta- the talent and the, brand, and the brand to put something together that makes sense? So uh, that's where I kind of think that stems from.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I definitely have noticed the trend of other teams kind of doing this. Um, I don't know if it's the Tfue fix, you know, kind of figuring out some of the issues that kind of came along with that issue, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this, you know, benefits the talent and, you know, how the teams are able to kind of leverage some of these existing relationships for, you know, players that might not even be on their team. Because I think that's a really interesting angle where now you can maybe get to a huge influencer who maybe, isn't signed to a team at all.
2: Yeah, I think there's going to, I think that's one thing where we're seeing where we're seeing a shift where a lot of these big influencers don't necessarily need to need to be part of an esports org per se, whereas a long time ago they kind of did from a reach and infrastructure standpoint, or maybe they were big on one platform, but not anywhere else. And now you're seeing a lot of tools and opportunities come out that are directly to influencers um, that they don't have to be with a team and get it. So I think there's a certain type of influencer that, that you can do that with and find the right person and someone who's big enough. And then there's instances where maybe you do need to work with a team where it might be a little more efficient to get access to multiple influencers um, versus one. So it all really depends on what the client or advertiser is really looking for, what's the best fit um, for them, and, and really doing right by them is is, is the is the key. Um, and and on the talent side, if you're representing talent, obviously they're your client too. So doing what's right by your client as well. So,
1: Absolutely. So do you have any advice for any teams that are maybe looking to work with any brand
2: partners? Um, there's really no secret. I think like, uh, I mean, the advice is just reach out. I mean, l- use whatever resources you can. Um, LinkedIn, is, is a pretty good place to start Twitter. Um, I mean, I've gotten meetings just by hitting people up and saying, Hey, we'd love to talk and are some of our guys use your stuff. And can we get a meeting? Um, you know, so, uh, you know, just reach out and if people are in sales, they get it, you know, getting partnerships is just like any sales. You have to get enough in front of enough people. You're going to get a bunch of nos, and you'll get one or two yeses. So, uh, it's kind of the same game in, in any sort of sales approach.
1: What about from the other side? What are any advice for any brand trying to work with any esports teams and organizations?
2: Yeah, I would say if you're looking to work with esports teams, do your due diligence, um, reach out, ask for meetings, talk to them. You know, said I'd love to get a meeting with your marketing team or at or sales team or partnerships team, um, and you know, ask them the questions you want. Really ping them on you know, what they stand for, what they're looking to do, how do they provide value? How do they prove that they're doing what they say they're doing is a big thing that we see a lot of brands ask, like, how are we tracking all this stuff? And um, that's something we, we pride ourselves on using a lot of third-party services to track inventory and, and, and impressions for us, for brands. So things like that, I think it's important for the brands to ask. And if you want to get involved in esports, there's no shortage of, 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 organizations and teams that are looking for brands. So um, yeah, reach out. Do you think that, you know, a brand needs to have some knowledge of the space or teams can work
1: with people that have no real background or just want to get into it?
2: We've worked with teams that have no real, or we have worked with brands that have no real background that want to get into it. We have done that. We, and then we've, and I would say, uh, fortunately we have a very supportive, strong um, team that has a lot of that has a lot of components that we can provide data analysis and market research and and you know help brands make decisions on where to be and and there's been times where we provide all that and they're not ready or maybe we're not the right fit still and they still go into esports but it's not with us or maybe they're they're like hey you know what we can't figure out what we're going to do so we're going to take our time and and that's fine too um, you know so I think there's there's you know a lot of ways that brands can get involved. Um, it's just really going to come down to what makes the most sense for everybody and how do we figure that out.
1: Absolutely. So, kind of bringing this towards the end, what advice do you have for anyone who's trying to work in the esports business, you know, kind of coming up and trying to get involved, maybe a big organization like Misfits or just, you know, any angle?
2: I would say, yeah, do your due diligence, find out who different people are within um departments that you're interested in esports just like any other job has all sorts of jobs and departments um you know teams that are in the leagues that we're in and compete we're in have have accounting and marketing and hr and sales and partnerships and graphic design and all sorts of jobs that are your everyday jobs so you don't have to be a talent influencer manager or a competitive coach to get involved into esports. So um find out what you know what positions are there, apply for them, reach out to people on LinkedIn, reach out to people on Twitter. I always say just put your put yourself out there um, and you know keep trying. It's a it's it, a lot of people in, in esports are teams where multiple people wear multiple hats so they're busy. They might see your stuff and not respond right away. But, you know, keep at it. Um, you know, we're always looking for good people to join the the
1: world of esports. Definitely. So that's some amazing advice. So what's your favorite part about working in esports and gaming?
2: Man, I mean, from, from my job, I really love the creativity we get to have to coming up with really cool ways to integrate we're gonna roll out a really cool program with one of our new uh, sports nutrition partners that I think will be really fun for fans. Um, yeah, just getting able to really like come up with fun, interactive, engaging ways that we can reach our audience and deliver the brand's messaging. So I, that's one of the things I love most about at least my, my, my type of role um, in esports. Awesome. So
1: kind of bring this all to the conclusion. What's the future for Misfits Gaming and its franchise leagues teams?
2: That's a good question. So, you know, we do like the franchise model in that it provides a lot more, for lack of a better term, um you know, more planning stability. We know when we're going to be on camera. We know what assets we're going to have. We can gauge about how many, what what the viewership hours are like over time. We can, we can really kind of map stuff out. And we like that, especially from an advertiser perspective. Um, So franchise leagues to us are important in that regard. Um, But also like, I think we're getting, we're seeing in eSports sort of this like, There's eSports, then there's like the the games around it, right? So like the audience for Call of Duty is bigger than the viewership of Call of Duty League, right? So how do you tap in that broader community? And that's with content, with influencers and, and media. And you're seeing more and more teams develop more and more larger needs from a media perspective, a content perspective, creating more custom content and custom IP. Um, is something I think you'll see teams doing more and more even if they are or are not in those franchise leagues. So um, I think that's one thing regardless of the league you'll see that and like I said we like the leagues in terms of that planning approach it gives you a really understanding of, of how how much you can um, equate to uh, a sponsor being being present across that team's assets because you can really quantify it um to the to the sponsor so
1: absolutely i think you know the sustainability and predictability of it is you know probably one of the biggest you know positives of it and as you say it lets you kind of engage on a much more certain level with sponsors and brands than you might have had in some of these relegation or you play in tournament leagues that might exist right exactly So, yeah, so I like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch?
2: Hmm. All right. So favorite game to watch like eSport wise?
1: eSports or just gaming in general?
2: Yeah, let's see. So I love watching really immersive, rich RPG games because I just love the stories. I don't always have time to play them all Uh, from an eSports perspective. Man, I I love watching. I don't watch our team play live because I'm bad luck, uh, at least digitally. Like, I don't watch them on stream. But, you know, League of Legends is always crazy to watch. I know so little of what's going on, but somehow it's still so exciting. Um, And then it's – and I always say also it's really hard to beat the the on-the-edge-of-your-seat anticipation of a Call of Duty League – you know map count tied up two two and your snd is tied up five five in your final round and basically you know next round wins the whole thing that's a very that's a very on the edge of your seat experience and it really does make for exciting entertainment so those would be my favorites to watch amazing so what's your favorite games to play Man, let's see, I don't get to play many games these days, but between work, I got two little kids, so we don't play that many games. Um yeah, you know what? I would say that I'm still real big. I, I love playing sports games growing up, and that's the one like cr- real quick, easy game. It doesn't require me to like to get sucked into the story and I can play real quick and cop on and off, and I don't have to like really remember or know what's going on. Um, so I'd say like right now that would be the the um the extent of my gameplay these days.
1: Awesome. Definitely a big sports game fan myself. So last one, so who's your favorite video game character? Mario Ooh. Luigi Pikachu
2: Video game favorite game character? Man, that's tough. There's so many that's also one of the reasons I love the world of gaming. I love all these such rich and iconic IPs and How cool a lot of these, you know, these whole worlds that have been developed are. um, Man, I don't know. Favorite video game character. Um, You know, I guess I'd have to say that, I mean, not that I know much about the character because it's been so long since I played it, but. Man, I guess I was, like, a huge Ninja fan growing up. So, like, I loved, like, Revenge of Shinobi and those games and Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. So, like, those would have to be, like, my favorite characters in general. I don't know if I have, like, a favorite single character.
1: Okay, awesome. So, you know, this was amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can connect with you.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Big J Steph on Twitter, Justin Stefanovich on LinkedIn. Those are usually the two best places to find me and get in touch with me for esports stuff or gaming stuff. So,
1: um, uh, yeah. yeah. And check him, you know, check Misfits Gaming, follow them on all platforms. They have some amazing stuff going on. always been a big fan of the logo and even the name. So, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q and check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes.